Aotearoa, it's August 7th, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium, wrapping up all the overnight action from the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. It was silver in the hammer throw, bronze in the bowls, plenty of personal bests in the athletics and the silver ferns were absolutely pummeled by Jamaica. At the athletics, hammer thrower Julia Radcliffe claimed silver, her second at the Com Games, the first coming in Glasgow eight years ago. Her final attempt of 66.93 metres wasn't enough to beat Canada's Carmen Rogers, but Radcliffe was still pleased with her performance today. I just really wanted to give it heaps and really go for it, and I was so close on that, um, that, th- that fifth throw, I just went out the side, so nearly got there, but... <laughs> That's all right. Silver's not a bad, uh, not a bad backup. Fellow hammer thrower Nicole Bradley finished ninth. While 1500 metre runner Sam Tanner didn't get in the medals, he was stoked after smashing his personal best in the field. I'm frothing. <laughs> Look at me. This is Com Games. It's insane. Yeah, I was stoked. I, yeah, I got a little bit lost for words too. I, was just, I crossed the line. I was like, I don't think I was that far off the leader. And they ran 3.30, I was like, I must have run so fast. <laughs> and then I looked up, I was like, damn. Yeah, so I'm stoked, I'm real stoked. In the high jump final, Keely O'Hagan placed sixth with a new personal best of 1.88 metres. Nicely done. Portia Bing placed seventh in the 400 metre hurdles and Geordie Beamish finished sixth in the men's 5,000 metre final. Rob Van Royen was watching all the action. A busy day for the Kiwi athletes in the field, topped off by that stunning silver by Julia Ratcliffe. Yeah, it was a really busy day at the athletics and uh, I, t- I tell you what, there's an anxious moment there for uh, Rogers and the, the Canadian in that um, hammer. Just if you think back a few days ago with Lauren Bruce, the Kiwi, well, Cameron, she did exactly the same. Overstepped initially, and then her second one was uh, into the into the cage. So she had to step up with a clutch one. Un, uh, unlike Lauren Bruce, the Kiwi, the other day, she did do so, and she went over seventy four, and that was um, with her third, and that was enough to win it essentially from there. Incredible, and it was there was a little motorised car taking the hammers back. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's about four or five of them uh, whizzing across the field. Uh, taking them back. So, yeah, that's, initially when I first got here earlier in the week and I saw them, I was like, what's going on? And then I was like, quickly, right, of course, they're going to take... <laughs> yeah. They- <laughs> yeah, because they're quite heavy, my goodness. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and 1,500-metre runner Sam Tanner seemed thrilled with his race. Is it true he's now the second-fastest Kiwi in that discipline? That's right, yeah. I mean, he's um, gone past some big, big names today. Uh, Sir John Walker and Rod Dixon into second all-time over 1,500 metres. Um quite staggering. I mean, he's only 21. 1,500-metre runners generally don't mature until much later in their 20s. Uh, So no wonder he was jumping up and down on the finish line uh, as if he'd won the thing. Uh, 3.31, 3 minutes 31.34 is is a really sharp time. And to knock 3.03 seconds off his PB, that's a a monster PB. That's just not a a normal PB. Oh, well, he's definitely one to watch as well. And there's been more transport woes, but this time it's for the athletes. Yeah, yeah, great to hear we're not the only ones to get affected. The men's <laughs> pole vault was delayed. <laughs> men's pole vault was delayed by about four, 30 to 40 minutes this evening because a couple of the... Uh, couple of the athletes' polls were late arriving to the stadium. They'd got, uh, went MIA somewhere along the lines. Oh, no. Well, you can't <laughs> compete in the pole vault without a pole vault. That's right, yeah, but look, there wasn't. Uh, so the others just remained out there warming up and it was all just, uh, just delayed, so all good. Oh, that's good to hear. And where will you be tomorrow? 
Uh, still figuring that, that out. It potentially will be here for a, for a bit. We've got Tori Peters uh, in the women's javelin and also Quinton Rue in the men's race walk. So potentially here for a bit and then we'll sum it up. We'll look at what's happening with the cricket, squash uh, and netball. So yeah, between myself and Ian, we'll be uh, all over the shop again. It's probably the, la- it's the last full day here um, of, of competition in the Commonwealth Games. It wraps up early on the afternoon um, Monday. Mm, fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Rob. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Cheers. It was three from three for the Black Jacks women with Selena Goddard and Caitlin Inch claiming bronze in the pairs overnight with an 18-15 win over Malaysia in a rather nail-biting match in which the lead changed a few times. That's the third bronze for the Black Jacks women with the team also winning bronze in the triples yesterday and the fours earlier this week. Black Jack Taylor Bruce says she hopes the team's success convinces more people to give bowls a go. Bowls is an incredible sport. It is so inclusive. Anyone can play it at any level. So I hope that we can get sport out there and show people that it's a game worth trying and just give it a go. It's honestly, it's so fun and I've made the best friendships in bowls. So give it a go. The clubs are awesome and they're very welcoming people coming in and, and having a role. And it was disappointment for the Silver Ferns, losing 67 51 to Jamaica. They will now face a bronze medal matchup against England. Captain Gina Crampton says the team's still got plenty to fight for. Obviously, we've still got a lot to fight for, and I think we want to show pride in the silver fern and the silver ferns dress. Um, and no matter who we play against tomorrow, we're going to um, pick ourselves up really and give it our all. Coach Dame Nolan Torua says pride is something the silver ferns always play with. We wear the pride on our sleeve every day, so it's not something that just comes out because we've lost. So I'm just making this clear. It's something that we wear representing New Zealand, so we've just got to lick our wounds and get ready for the bronze match tomorrow. Reporter Ian Anderson was at the netball. Ian, what happened? Yeah, that was not an impressive display. I've written a follow-up piece after my initial story from this morning, Birmingham time after that defeat, and I've called it one of New Zealand's more humbling netball losses. We had the situation where Jamaica were benching their star players in the fourth quarter. They were that far ahead. Wow. I mean, was this expected? Were we expected to lose to Jamaica? I think expectations for the side that has come to the Commonwealth Games were reasonably low. It's three years since New Zealand won that World Cup, but if you look at that World Cup winning side, it had Casey Kupua, Laura Langman, Maria Folau, three absolute legends of the game. It also had Katrina Roray, Amelia Rand, Ekinazio, Karen Berger and Jane Watson, and neither of that quartet are in Birmingham for various reasons at the moment either. So it is a young, inexperienced, and you would have to say not New Zealand's first choice side. Jamaica is certainly a good side, but I don't think many people would have said 16-point defeat. Where were we let down on court? The slow start is what Nolene Toro referred to as a recurring theme, and Gina Crampton brought it up as well too. They had the first pass and Maya Wilson missed her first shot at goal. They turned the ball over shortly after that, and before you looked up at the scoreboard, it was 10-4 to Jamaica, their towers are up and it never really got much better than that. Oh, were there any bright moments in the game for us though? No. <laughs> that was emphatic. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't really remember any. Grace Nwiki came on for the second half and she had that physical impact that she does under the posts. Obviously Janelle Fowler had a massive impact at goal shoot for Jamaica and Grace Nwiki has that height and leaping ability and stretch as well that New Zealand were really struggling to impose themselves in that shooting circle in the first half. She may get a starting role against England in that bronze medal match. Mm, 
So when are we playing the English and can we beat them? Well, England got reasonably well beaten by Australia. It was about nine-point margin in the end, I believe. And they'll have trouble picking themselves up as well, too. They obviously wanted to defend their title in front of their home fans. So it may be a question mark of which team responds the best and feels they have the most to play for. But I think England would still start that match favoured. I believe that is Monday morning New Zealand time. And in other news, I hear you bumped into a stag do during your travels today. I did. I was outside the media centre getting ready to come to the boxing tonight. And a few blokes sat down having a few cans. And one came over to introduce himself wearing an Aston Villa shirt. And I said, oh, you're a Villa fan. I was keen to talk football with anyone. He said, no. He said, I hate Villa. I've been made to wear this. It's my stag do. And he's a West Bromwich Albion fan who are not too far from here as well. To explain me the difference, how I could recognise the three sort of major football fans in the city. He said the Aston Villa fans are the rich ones, the West Bromwich Albion fans are the smart ones, and the Birmingham City fans are neither. <laughs> Always good to have a bit of football chat. Uh, where will you be tomorrow? Waiting to find out. There's a few bronze medal matches. There's the Black Sticks and also obviously the Silver Ferns, possibly one of those, and there is some squash looming, and we may yet get a, uh, a squash doubles final or two. That'll be good. Brilliant. Here's what else made headlines overnight. In squash, Paul Cole and Joel King are into the gold medal match after a win against number one seeds India this morning. In wrestling, it wasn't to be for both Suraj Singh in the freestyle 57kg event and Cole Hawkins in the men's freestyle 74kg event, both missing out on a bronze this morning. In diving, Liam Stone finished 8th and Fraser Tavener 12th in the men's three-metre springboard final. In badminton, mixed doubles... Anona Pack and Oliver Layden Davis lost their quarterfinals to Singapore 2 0. In cricket, the White Ferns were beaten by Australia by five wickets and will play England for bronze. And in the beach volleyball, nail biting stuff for the Kiwis, with the match going down to the bitter end against Canada. Losing 2 1, they'll play for bronze tomorrow. We're back on our detour to South Africa now with Mark Hinton. Spoiler alert for those who are watching the delayed coverage, you may want to block your ears. The All Blacks lost 26-10 to the Springboks. Mark, an unsurprising result there from the men in black. I, I hate to say it, Zoe, but absolutely unsurprising. Um, <laughs> look, um, I, I, I mingled a bit with the South Africans before the test. Um, uh, the, pe- the lovely people I'm staying with took me to... Uh, um, one of the sort of uh, pre-game bodais they have, uh, a gathering of various like-minded souls, which is part of the rugby experience here in South Africa. They like to barbecue a lot of meat and they <laughs> like to have a few cold ones and and kind of anticipate the test before they actually go in. And they were all very anxious to get my thoughts and I told them all that I didn't hold up much hope for the All Blacks given the way they were playing and given the quality of the South African team. And I hate to say it, but my prediction was 100% true. That was... Um, I would yeah, one-sided. Let's say one-sided. Uh, that that was twenty sixteen. I think was a fair reflection. And often you say, you know, maybe it, you know, it blew out or whatever. The All Blacks were a distant second in that contest, Zoe, and they are in a world of trouble. Five losses in their last <laughs> six tests and three out of four in twenty twenty two. And I oh. think, I think the executioner's axe is being sharpened as we speak. Oh, was there a glimmer of hope? Was there anything positive from the All Blacks today? Not really. I'm trying to think like through <laughs> Ireland, we, you know, Adi Savir and Will Jordan played well. I can't think of an All Black 
that I would say walked off the field that, you know, you would say, he, you know, he had a great game and at least he played well. I just think collectively they were short of the mark and individually um, no one was able to step up and kind of survive that uh, pressure test, the pressure cooker, the box put them under. So, mm, And how much pressure is on Ian Foster right now? Well, a fair bit, but in some ways this week was a free hit because I think – I think he had two shots to get one win to survive or to have any hope of surviving. Um, and he still had, now he has one shot to get one win. So he still has a shot. If he wins next week at Alice Park, squares the, the series and I think takes the Freedom Cup and walks, goes home from South Africa with one win, one loss, he, he might survive. I don't think he, I don't know if he definitely will, but I think he might survive. But if he loses next week, Zoe, um, I think he'll be scanning the uh, situation's vacant columns <laughs> Because I just don't see any way forward out of this for Ian Foster because there will have to be change because something's got to change. Well, and what do you think needs to change before next week's big test at Alice Park? Well, they need to. There's a thing in rugby where you pass the ball and then you catch it. So that will help. They need to catch the ball. <laughs> there's, there's skills, Zoe, where um, we're below par. Oh. So the box, a lot of that's the box pressure. They're up in your face. They're big men. They tackle well they're, they're, and they... They chase after the high ball. They, they kick the ball in the air about 100 miles and it takes forever to come down. And meanwhile, these, these little fast wingers are thundering through on tiptoes. And you saw at the end there, one of them got it slightly wrong and, and, and um, nearly made Bowden Barrett do a cartwheel. Very dangerous. He got yeah. sent off for it. But it was only three minutes to go, so it didn't matter. But um, they just do it so well. And um, um, so you got it. You got to, I think it's all about skills for the All Blacks now. They're trying hard. Look, we'll give them that. They're trying hard. Um, but they're just not executing and they're not playing with any rhythm and confidence. In sport, you need rhythm and confidence, as you know, to um, to play you know, to your best. They have none. They're, they're just nothing's flowing for them. So they've got to find that in seven days. And actually, a, good, um, a colleague of mine from the South African media texted me straight after the game and he said, if you thought it was tough for them there in that atmosphere, you wait till next week because Alice Park will be 65,000, 70,000, uh, South Africans, and it's even more intimidating. And I think the South Africans might be even better next week. So it gets tougher. They're going to have to go up a lot. But I tell you what, Ian Foster, he gave them, I, uh, just come from his press conference, he was in major denial. He talked about his team getting better, this being their best performance of the year, they, them going up several cogs. Now, I can tell you, uh, the people that write in the columns on stuff, uh, the comments on stuff, and the people that uh, um, ring up Talkback Radio, I'm sure they don't agree with him. <laughs> Well, I hope that the All Blacks manage to find some confidence and some rhythm for the big game next week. Thank you so much, Mark Hinton. Yeah, a pleasure. And um, have faith, people. These guys will come right, but I don't think it'll be in seven days. And to end on a different note today, sports journalism has lost a mighty totara this week. Legendary sports writer David Leggett worked with or alongside many of our team spanning nearly 40 years. Dave's legacy will live on in those of us whose lives he impacted and who will continue to carry the torch for sports journalism, including our very own Ian Anderson. Ian? Yeah, I don't have a legendary Lego tale like so many who met him do, but what I can say is that every time I walked into a press box and Chief Sitting Bull was there, my day became immeasurably degrees happier, and that may be about the best thing you can say about anyone. That's beautifully said, Ian. 
And that's the podium from day nine of the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. On behalf of Rob Van Royen and Ian Anderson in Birmingham, producer John O'Williams and audio engineer Sam Scannell, I'm Zoe George. Join us tomorrow for cycling, badminton, netball, hockey, athletics, cricket, beach volleyball, boxing, diving and squash. Remember, you can find all the latest games action online at stuff.co.nz. And if you liked this podcast, check out more fabulous Stuff podcasts at stuff.co.nz forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Namehi, go well. Well,